Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, that's a popular shirt you're wearing. A lot of the douchebags on the podcast have it. And I'm Av Sinensky, and I did not feel like I was worthy as a podcaster until I co-hosted a podcast with a mentally challenged person. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 10, Episode 9, Beep Panic which originally aired on March 15th, 2020, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, the second to last uh, new podcast that we will be a uh, new episode that we'll be recording a podcast about. So we're, we're really nearing the end here. Um, we're as close as you could be to the end without it being the end. Mm, yeah. yeah. This is the uh, penultimate episode of, you know, the standard fare, pretty, pretty, pretty good uh, recap progression. Um, I was on a uh, conference call earlier today when opposing counsel joined the call and said, Avi, nice to meet you. I just listened to your podcast. <laughs> and I said, oh. Mm, yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, you know, we had just talked about Curve for a little bit. He didn't really have any specific uh, feedback on the podcast. But uh, yeah, this podcast is uh, spreading far and wide. All the way across the uh, table at your uh, negotiations. Yeah, I was just nervous that there would be something he might use against me. He's like, I might like take a position and then be like, well, didn't you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I would have egg on my face. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. Egg on your face, not ideal. Better than diarrhea, though. No one's down with diarrhea. Um. Yeah, yeah, no one. Uh, everyone knows about the diarrhea. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to uh, jump right into it? Yeah, we may as well. What else are we really going to accomplish up Should here? Should we talk about the news? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, oh, boy, I saw the news today. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, no, we shouldn't talk about the news. Um, I did see that Donald Trump's uh, preferred candidate lost one of the races, so everyone's going to be really excited about that, even though he won, like, 77 other ones. Yeah. So I, think, oh, I will so say maybe that. Maybe there's a sliver of hope. That he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I did say that this Raffensperger, though, did seem to, uh, you know, pretty aggressively resist Trump. So, yeah, uh, the smallest of smallest of smallest of uh, slivers of hope. By the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene just won her up. Right, right. right. She won by like 50 points, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to like, maybe they're going to say that like Raffensperger like rigged it. So the the talk about it's going to be, it's like, why would he, how come he rigged it for himself, but he wouldn't rig it for Trump? Yeah. Or he rigged Um, it for Biden. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. No, you're allowed to count the late votes if it's Pennsylvania and it's Trump's. Yeah, yeah, no, it changes by the day. Then when you go ahead, then you stop counting it. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's come back to curb. Yeah, let's go back to Curb. We only have a little bit of Curb left. We don't need to focus on Trump. He's gone. He's not coming back. No. Definitely not. There's no possibility. <laughs> he lost Georgia. Things can't get any worse, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's jump into the beat panic.
we're gonna go very a very rare cold open here on Curb, and we're just gonna start out there because um, with the yeah. latte Larry advertisement. Yeah, of course. Nice. Let's just check it out. Yeah. Ooh, let's hear that sound. The HBO sound. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Hi, I'm Larry David. I want to tell you about a new store I'm opening called Latte Larry. Why am I getting into the coffee game? Because I went to this coffee shop next door and the guy was such a jerk that I felt like I had to do something. And now, you know what? I got me a little spite store. Tremendous things in there, by the way. You're gonna love it. Look at this, coat rack. You ever see that anywhere? Tables, they don't wobble. And self-heating coffee cups. Keeps coffee hot for two hours. Check out that sign. This is the defecation-free <laughs> store. That's the kind of feature you dream about. No defecating. Urinators, welcome. But if you are a defecator or planning on defecating anytime soon, don't come down here. This is not your place. Stay home. Go next door. So come on down to Latte Larry's and have a hot cup of spite with me. You're not going to believe what's going on in here. You'll be very impressed. <laughs> Come on. Wonderful stuff. Mm. I wonder, was this on TV? Was this just online? What do you think? Um, no, I think this is on TV. I think this was a major ad buy. Yeah. I mean, he has the money. If you're going to spite, you go all out. You go all out. You yeah. raise your, you lower your price all the way down to free rather than just yeah. you a dollar. Pay people we'll to get there. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, we um, we're at the. I don't know if this is the grand opening or just this is one of the first days that they're open, but fair enough. Um, and things seem to be going great. Uh, customers are very impressed. Uh, one in particular is uh, telling Larry that this was the most amazing urinary experience of his life. Mm. That the tray caught every drop, and Larry's very pleased. He's, you know, he really opened up a coffee shop in, in order to provide great restroom services. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. You would think that, like, of all places in particular, a coffee shop is going to want to allow defecation because you know coffee leads to defecation. Yeah. Well, you send them next door to Mocha Joe's. You send them next door to Mocha Joe. Right. We'll see you later. That's what he does. That's the policy. Um, do you have a bathroom? No. The, the place next door has one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Larry Leon, really excited, really pleased. Great turnout. Uh, everything turned out wonderful. Um, Larry praises Leon for the you know the find in Mexico. Leon agrees. So you know the going to Mickey's wedding was all worth it. We found the beans, and they're thinking that maybe Leon needs a title. Um, and you know after uh, shuffling through a few, they settle on the Beanmeister. That's going to be Leon's new name. He likes it. He likes the Beanmeister. Yeah, I mean he was the one who meisted the beans. So <laughs> he did meist those beans. And and once they found those couple of bags at the hotel, apparently they just they found the uh, the source, so they have an unlimited supply. Yeah, they yeah no, I mean obviously Leon knows how to reverse engineer a bean. Yeah, so like you know he has them. Can you can you grow? Can you if you like plant the beans? Will it make more coffee beans? I don't know how that works. Can you just plant a, a raw bean? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I don't know if like beans are like are like vegetables that you could plant. Where like if you have some, it can make it makes more. I don't know how anything works. <laughs> All right. Okay, this is what it says. Um, no, you need your seeds. You need your seeds, need not seeds. beans. Yeah. So Can bean, you grow a coffee useless. plant from a bean? Um, it's highly unlikely. Yeah, because the beans you're getting are already roasted. Uh-huh. So it's the roasting oh, of sense. the beans that, that really... Um, I feel like Jim Crumbly is like yelling, th- yelling into the <laughs> into the podcast right now. Yeah, well, he's not a botanist. You, you idiots! 
No, but he's a scientist. I'm sure no, this is very basic. I, I, most people yell into their phones <laughs> that were idiots while listening, probably. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we we cut over to uh, Mocha Joe's next door. I mean, here you can use coffee cherries. You can plant those. Now I've never heard of those, but a coffee cherry sounds delicious. Yeah, I would love a coffee cherry. Coffee, good. Cherries, good. Yeah, listeners, send in coffee cherries to Alex and myself. We'd like yeah. to try some. Yeah, never heard of this. Before. Um, so yeah, so Mocha Joe is telling Ted about how Larry's got all the customers going in. They're going in. They're going out. They're having a great time over at Latte Larry's, and no one's coming here. Mocha Joe's is uh, old news, and he wants Ted to go like be his spy and you know go over to Latte Larry's and you know see what's going on there. And Ted's like, why, why can't you go? Like, what do you need me for? And he's like, well, me and my mom are both banned. Yeah. Mocha Jane banned as well. Um, yeah, well, you got to. Yeah. Um, all right. Ted's like, fine, I'll go. But like, FYI, this table over here is a bit wobbly. <laughs> um, so Ted goes in and he's pretty smitten. He loves the Purell. Um, he, you know, he sees how stable the tables are. Larry offers him coffee on the house. So he can't beat that price. And uh, Ted takes a sip and immediately uh, wants, you know, goes back for a second, takes a big gulp, and he's really enjoying himself. And he, I guess he feels like he needs to get, like, some dig in on Larry because, like, you know, the the power balance has been shifted by Larry having such an awesome coffee shop. Yeah. So he, uh, he throws in that he happens to be going on a date with Cheryl tonight. That they're back Well, together. I'm having sex with your wife. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, Larry, uh, you know, doesn't miss a beat. You know, he's right. You know, he uh, he takes it in stride. He doesn't show any weakness and says, oh, great. Have a fun time. She's a fun gal. <laughs> yeah, he's flying high. Nothing can bring him down right now. Yeah. Uh, so Ted brings the coffee back over to Mocha Joe's to taste them. And he's like, oh, my God, he did it. He's got the beans. Son of a bitch. And he uh, he asks Ted if he can have another sip just to double check. And Ted's like, no, get your own. Like, this is mine. Uh, so apparently this is really good coffee. Um, so yeah, so Larry is uh, driving home now, and he uh, stops at a traffic light, and he pulls out his phone to uh, to text while he's stuck at the traffic light, something that I would certainly never do. And when the light turns green, he doesn't realize right away, and the driver behind him beeps, and Larry is so panicked by the beeping in his face that he throws the you know the phone up in the air haphazardly and drives off. And I wouldn't even call it a very, beef. I would call it a honk. It's like very long. Um, yeah, okay. I didn't know there was a difference between a honk and a beep. But... Well, we just had this discussion on Curb with the subtleties of Ted's Tesla beep last season. A beep is short. A honk is yeah. long, you know? Beep, oh, we did. Yeah, I didn't realize that we... Uh... I, I didn't realize that we had uh, given it those exact nomenclatures. Oh, I'm uh, not sure if Curb did, but that, that in my mind, it's like that. Oh, okay. When okay, you hear so hawk versus you're, you're, beep, beep, so by, we talked about it. You mean you meant you thought about it? Well, no, but Curb specifically <laughs> talked about a long beep versus a short beep. Uh, right, but not beep versus hawk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, but the um, specific idea of of honking when someone doesn't go at a green light is like literally like a thing yeah. that Curb's coming back to again. To be fair, though, it's like you don't have that much control over like you know it's so most honks are just like they are what they are. Well, I mean, again, we discussed this last season, so. Yeah, you can hold down, right? If you hold down, that's a different, different story. But, yeah. like, it kind of just is what it is. The length, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're back. We're, so we're over at the golf club, and Larry is uh, telling Jeff and Freddie Funkhauser about what just happened to him with the uh, what he calls Beep Panic, which is the name of the episode, um, which I will posit is not really a thing. 
Um, but it's, you know, fine. You want to premise your whole episode around something that isn't really a thing. You know, it's going to happen sometimes. Um, it's not a, it's not a ridiculous concept. I just don't think it's a thing. Um, and he he's so he's talking about a t- I, I can't tell if this is like he's referring to some other time that this happened because he says that he was so embarrassed that he threw his phone out the window. But that's not what happens here. Yeah, he's talking about a different time. Yeah, that he was talking about so a different shocked. time. This happened. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was a little confused by that. Um, the idea that you have to throw your phone up into the air though seems a little odd. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like maybe you drop it. Yeah. I think again, B Paddock is a is an example of Curb trying to come up with an idea that falls a little flat. Yeah, and Jeff is like, what if the B Paddock is so bad mm. that you leave the car and drive and it starts rolling down the street? And Freddie's like, and what if? The car hits a baby and the baby dies. Who's yeah. responsible? Like, is it the driver or is it the beeper? I think it's the driver. I will say my car now has the safety mechanism that as soon as you open the driver's door, it automatically shifts him to park. Which I love. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. You like that you use that a lot, that feature? <laughs> well, I don't even, I never. You're like, why bother, why bother putting it to park? I'll just get no, out the car. I, I literally never, <laughs> I, I, in both of my cars, I, I never shift to park anymore because you don't need to. It automatically stops. It's just an extra step. Why push it? Really stops when? When you when you open the door. When you open the door, yeah. Or or, or when you step. So on you the never brake. put it apart. You just get out of the door. <laughs> I step on the brake. Okay, I open so the you door. Have to do that. Yeah, so. I'm both bike. My my minivan also. My Honda Odyssey does that. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I never had a car that did that. Yeah. Oh, maybe I did. I never tried it. Just, <laughs> I'm trying it tomorrow. Just, yeah. Stop the car. Push the power button, and well, yeah. I mean, if your car is made in the last couple of years, I think that's standard now. No? Oh, know. if you push the power button. Well, one of my cars doesn't have a power button, but yes, but the one that, yeah, so that one, you just literally open the door and leave, but the Odyssey does have a power button, so yeah, but you don't need to switch. I guess in this circumstance, so you wouldn't be pushing any power buttons because you're just rolling out the window. <laughs> right. Yeah, but at least the Tesla automatically pulls it apart as soon as you open the door, which, um, so Ted's, Ted's in safe position here, but Larry, not so much. Yeah, Larry doesn't I, think I don't, know, to... I don't know about the BMWs. Yeah, he doesn't think he'd be able to live with himself uh, having committed manslaughter. But Jeff's like, but you could just think of it as this baby was going to turn into like this generation's Hitler. And, you know, don't worry so much. Yeah, it's probably, the baby was probably going to be Hitler. Yeah. Most babies are Hitler or Hitler adjacent. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Uh, I was listening if you've Ricky- been on Twitter, a lot of people are Hitler. Yeah. Ricky Gervais's new standard special. He was saying how, you know, he would never kill baby Hitler, even if he could travel back in time, because with butterfly effect, who knows how things would be different and his life is too good. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, what if baby Hitler gets killed and he comes back and he's exactly the same in every way, except that he's slightly more of a ginger. Right. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't suffer from that. Yeah. <laughs> what if Hitler gets replaced by someone else who kills even more Jews? Yeah. I mean, or what if what if you kill Hitler and then like you see like my wife, for example, she would not exist if uh, if not for Hitler. Right. Why, so why would she not exist? Her her grandfather's wife and two children were murdered by, by Hitler and his friends. Uh huh. And so then um, his her grandfather married um, his deceased wife's sister uh, and had uh, Jen's mom and then Jen and then my kids. Very cool. Oh, yeah. So 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 if no. So Jen goes back in time, kills Hitler. Who she disappears. Right. Can't my have kids, that. Yeah. My kids disappear. I wake up with another wife, different kids. To- to- totally. Uh, yeah. Big risk. Yeah. Plus, think Th- of all the like. That's like I would have suicide. like so many second. I would have like so many second cousins. No, that be, like yeah. I would need to go to like all their like bar mitzvahs. No, and weddings. Be so annoying. Oh, it'll yeah. be very annoying. Yeah. Imagine twice as many juice. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> but is is that a form of, of suicide time travel? Going back and killing somebody who uh, their death causes you to not exist. 
that's that would be a very um convoluted way to commit suicide, but I would respect the move. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough Hitler talk. It's a lot of it's a well there it's in the episode. Larry started it. It's an episode. Yeah, we did yeah. we did we did we did this happen organically. In this case, so. yes. Um yeah, so um Larry uh is like wondering where the waitress is, you know, they're all hungry. And while they're waiting, Jeff tells them that, you know, Susie's going away in a few weeks, and he was thinking it would be great if they could all go to Pebble Beach together to play golf. And everyone's like, it's amazing. Uh, we're all in. We're perfect. Uh, maybe Lewis can be our fourth, but I don't know because he's um, he's rehearsing for Flowers for Algernon. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. Um, and like they're like, oh, we didn't realize that that he was doing that. And Jeff's like, yeah, you know, a lot of actors they feel like they're not worthy until they get the opportunity to play a mentally challenged person. They could really, you know, show off their acting chops. Um, finally, the waitress. Yeah. Now, this comes, obviously, yeah. Tropic Thunder has addressed this previously. Uh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And the Oscars every year. Yes. Now, Jeff also mentioned that Susie's going out of town. Uh yeah. To the Bahamas. Oh, maybe. Is this the That's trip? Cool. This, this could be the trip. This could yeah. be the the, death, the murder trip. Yeah, so the waitress comes back, uh, played, of course, by the great Abby Jacobson, um, mm. mostly from Broad City fame. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite shows in the last 10 years, I would say, for sure. I, yeah. I absolutely love that show. Very good show. Um, A million times better than, like, girls. In terms of portrayal of being like you know a twenty something living in New York, uh, yeah, girls, but yeah, no, I, Broad City is much better than girls. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, so she uh, she apologizes. She says, "I'm sorry it took so long, but I have diarrhea." Yeah, which is just <laughs> mind bogglingly bogglingly is that a word? Insane for a food service professional. Sure. <laughs> it's just um, I I cannot fathom. And she'll say later, "I thought you guys were cool. I thought I knew you guys like." It just—it's insane to me. I wouldn't tell that to my wife if I was cooking her food. Like, just nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Well, first of all, so yeah. So I agree. Who wants to hear that? Very unprofessional. It's but like Craver like, saying he made the food in the shower. <laughs> no, because there he actually did make the food in the shower. Here, like, yeah, nothing is affected by the fact that she has diarrhea. Like, all she did is carry food from the kitchen out. Well, to it the delayed table. her a few seconds. Like, she didn't presume she was in the bathroom. Fine, but like. Presumably she washed her hair. Like if like this versus like she just like, made a regular poop, like it doesn't matter. Like the fact that she like made a lot of poop. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't actually have any practical impact on their food. Um, I agree. It's a disgusting thing to yeah, tell I mean, uh, your well, patients. I, well, because restaurant. you're assuming that she adequately washed her hands, etc. But the kind of person I'm not assuming. Is... I'm not assuming. I'm not assuming. Well, then if but she it's no like the what. No, but the, the diarrhea is not relevant well, to whether it, she washed her hands. Like if she just made a regular poop of just like you know came out. Well, but, the, like but I don't logs, think the average person she flushed and she didn't wash. It. Okay, but the average like, person doesn't your poop hands so frequently that they're going to the bathroom in the middle of their shift. So the, right, the, but if she had said sorry, I had to go to the bathroom, no, like that would be a non-event. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's because she said diarrhea. Diarrhea is disgusting. Yeah. Well, it's less bad, but it, well, the mentioning of the bathroom altogether would not be ideal. It would not be ideal, but it w- this wouldn't be an episode yeah. if she had just said, yeah. oh, sorry, I was in the bathroom. Like, I mean, the they, fact they that all care. these restaurants have to have signs telling their staff that they have to wash their hands. And I understand it's a regulatory thing. But all, what it always leads me to think is, you know, who are these people who are not washing their hands such that we needed to have the signs? 
Yeah, I once was in a bathroom where they had like, you know, sometimes over the urinals, they like put like plastic over it. Yeah. And then I, I was once in one where it was like there was the plastic and then there was a note on it that said, like, don't pee. And it was I'm like, who didn't understand that already? Like, don't pee on the one with the plastic. Yeah. Like, why use to put up a sign also? Yeah. Well, I don't know. People are stupid. I, I mean, if I'm in a bathroom and I've, I've been in a bathroom before and my waiter comes into the bathroom and I've been in a bathroom before my waiter comes into the bathroom and leaves without washing his hands. And I was extremely disgusted. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So when she walks away, they're wondering, did she say had or having? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Larry says he heard have, which means she's still in the throes of it. Well, the obvious so implication like, is she diary. just came from the bathroom. That was the cause of the delay. Right. Right, she does get to the bathroom, but yeah, she's probably headed back to the bathroom. It has to be that. Um, so, yeah, Freddie says he's going home. They all get up. They all walk away. Um, Larry says he has to head over to the BMW dealership because he wants to get some licorice. He's been, after the last few weeks, he's been faking problems with his car, so that way he can uh, score some licorice at the BMW dealer. Yeah. Now, did they dine and dash, or I guess you'd call it order and dash? It seems like they ordered and dashed, and they, I guess or they were just charged position. to their account because they're at the. Club. Oh, um, yeah, I guess they pro- they know where to find them. Yeah, like they know who's there. Yeah, they're getting uh, I, I, the whole all of the uh, uh, club restaurant scenes in this episode confuse me. It confuses me my why Mr. Takahashi gets upset about them being upset about the bathroom. None of it. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to Mr. Takahashi. Mr. Takahashi doesn't make a lot of sense in this episode, I agree. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. So we're at the we get over to the BMW dealership, and he tells the other he's like, yeah, there's a problem. He's like, he's not, he's not, he won't even like go through the motions of actually saying like what the issue is. He just like was like, yeah, fix the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, go straight, go straight to the snack table. No, I actually recognize this licorice, not not like the Bavarian box, but like. The licorice itself on the table. Do you? Because so yeah, so like the uh, the thickness is similar to that the Australian licorice. Yeah, the one you can get like yeah, red and green, different colors and flavors. But, but, I like a lot. but they're Ma- not mango usually... is very popular. Yeah, but they don't have the length. Oh no, they have longer ones. Yeah, so they have shorter ones. Oh really? Ones. I've never yeah. seen the longer ones. I've seen I've seen girthy licorice like this. Yeah, the shorter ones are more common. But my my, my wife has bought them before. I don't. I can ask her where she gets them. Yeah. Oh, I love I love those. Uh, no, yeah, that is very good. Yeah. Yeah. It just got me candy. I don't even know what makes it licorice. Um, I discovered yeah. um, just the other day my kids don't know what licorice is because my wife um, was saying something about licorice and they had no idea what she was talking about. And then she said Twizzlers and they said, oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, they, they only know the brand name. Yeah. Well, yeah, there aren't really a ton of uh, alternatives to uh, Twizzler in the licorice industry. Yeah. Well, there's this this one that uh, we're there's this. About. There's Red Vines. Uh, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Twizzlers has a strong. They've done well. The yeah, they did. They done yeah. a good job. They cornered the market on the licorice. Mm, yeah. Um. So yeah. So the manager comes over and he's like, "Larry, what are you doing here? What's the problem?" And he's like, "Oh, well, the vent has been making this whistling sound, which I think is different from what he told the guy he dropped it off." Yeah, yeah he fun. told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's not. He's not even trying. Um. The manager's like, "Well, interesting. You know, this is the third time you've been here this month. Like, it's always a different problem. Like, what's going on?" And Larry was like, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um, where do you get the licorice from? He's like, I don't know, maybe Bavaria. And he tells him, you know, I'll look into it. Um, and, but, you know, more importantly, we're going to figure out what's wrong with this car of yours. That you're, you're having all these issues. Yeah. Uh, so we go back over to 
Latte Larry's and Mocha Joe's at the Nexus of the Universe. And we get this uh, terrific montage going back and forth of each of them lowering their price in succession. First $1.50, $1.40. They stare each other down. They go down to $1.30. Um, this infuriates Ted because he tells him, you know, we're not, we can't make any money at $1.30. This is ridiculous. And he's like, I don't have a choice. And Ted says, you do have a choice. You could add coat racks. You could fix the scones. There's lots of things you can do. And Larry comes out and tells them that, you know, you're disturbing my customers. Please keep it down out of here. Uh, Ted's, Ted tries to use his uh, fame. So I guess, you know, 2020 Ted Danson is not getting the job done. Uh, well, 2020 Ted Danson does not belong in the Ted Danson club. Right. For sure. No one re- yeah. No one recognizes him. He, you know, he plays yeah, the Cheers card. Like, yeah. He plays the Becker no, card. Nobody knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He should have said, I mean, I'm on curb. But yeah, the good place doesn't exist yeah. in this world. Right. What about Lee? He was just in Lee. He was just in Lee. You would think that he would have more notoriety from that. Yeah. I mean, he probably was. He would have been canceled, but at least yeah, he would have gotten so maybe attention. In LA, everyone's just ignoring him in LA. Yeah. Um, so finally, they uh, they stop at uh, $1.10. That's where they've uh, both reached your limit. So, yeah, here's where it's like, why, like what, why should there be a point at which Larry stops? This is a spite store. The point is to drive Mocha Joe out of business. Yeah. Like, go down to 10 cents. Yeah. Free coffee. No one's going to Mocha Joe if next door there's a sign that says free coffee. Yeah. Promise me you won't go next door and I'll pay you a dollar. <laughs> right. Coffee plus a dollar. Yeah. We pay you $7 for coffee and a scone. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Ted, like, thinks that, like, Mocha Joe is, like, really, you know, too stressed out. He tells him, like, you know, you got to relax. This is going to be fine. Like, go play some golf, get a massage, go see a movie. And Mocha Joe says, I can't go see a movie. I'm too busy to see a movie. What are you, crazy? I don't know why he's not too busy to play golf. Like, that golf yeah. takes a lot longer than seeing a movie. So They're, they're, they're really massage. working hard here to get to this ridiculous idea of the screeners. Yeah, the screeners is nuts. Um, and he tells him, you know, I have, you know, I have these, scre- <laughs> these screeners. You're, you know, you're welcome to use them. But just like. I'll give them to you, but like, you can't give it to anyone else because I'll get them. I'll get in trouble. You know, they're watermarked. They'll trace it back to me. Like, you just have to, you know, promise me you won't share it. And uh, Joe thanks him. He's like, all right, you know, I really appreciate it. Have, have a cup of coffee. He's like, from here? <laughs> no way. I'm going to Latte Larry's. <laughs> um, okay. So we see um, Jeff is driving Susie to the airport. And this is this was the highlight of the episode for me. Hanukkah, uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah. We light the menorah. Yeah. So is that a level of happiness when you're so happy that you're singing Hanukkah songs in March? <laughs> I've never be. heard of this before. Do we know that it's March in the show? I mean, I don't know. Where uh, we don't have any evidence that it's not. Well, I would say the evidence that it's not. It's I not the winter. Is that it's before the Oscars? And also, they've talked about the weather. It can't be the winter because they've talked about why no one's wearing coats. Well, it's it's California. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Diane in this episode is wearing a coat. She's so hot and sweaty in the restaurant, but then when we see her waiting for the bus, she's wearing a coat. So who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's. Uh... So it could be Hanukkah time. It could be Hanukkah time. Okay, that's maybe. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they get to the airport, Susie's unpacking her, he's still singing, he's so excited, he gives her a hug, wishes her a wonderful trip, and she's like, what are you so happy about? And he's like, nothing, and she's like, that's it, I'm not going back in the car. Yeah, just, 
in an episode uh, about a spike store, there's nothing more spiteful than canceling your own trip just to spite your husband because he's too happy. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is a spite, a spite vacation cancellation. Yeah. And the uh, the shot of Jeff's face on the, on the drive mm. home is yeah. perfect. All right, so back to Mocha Joe, and uh, Joe is uh, filling in Mocha Jane. Uh, the situation tells her that he's lowered his prices, but Larry's taking him to the cleaners. His mom tells him to relax and says, you know, maybe we should watch one of Ted's movies. How about The Green Book? Uh, which is for sure what 90% of people over 50 refer to that movie as. <laughs> as opposed to Green Book? Yeah. Uh, oh, we can see yeah. The Green Book. I hear it's good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so... um. He puts he pops in the DVD and he, you know, he sees that when, you know, DVD pop, pops on that it has, you know, that classic message of the, you know, the warning from the FBI that if you, uh, you know, commit acts of piracy or, you know, copy the movie, you could be subject to a fine of up to $250,000. Grave consequences. And, and Mocha Joe has an epiphany. Yes. So he calls Larry and tells him it's Mocha Joe and we have to meet. Mm. So big things are happening. We go back over to the golf club, and this time the crew is sitting down. It's a three from earlier plus Lewis, and it's hot as balls down there. Everyone is sweating their asses off. And Lewis is like, why did we sit downstairs? It's horrible down here. They're like, well, we need to avoid the waitress from last time who had diarrhea. Perfectly valid explanation. Um, and they're like, hey, Larry, why don't you take your jacket off if you're so hot? And he sells, tells them that, well, he's wearing a T-shirt underneath, not a collared shirt. And he's nervous that if he takes off the jacket, Takahashi's going to kick him out. He then also fills them in on the fact that Mocha Joe left him a message. And he thinks an apology and the settlement and it ends his whole thing might be forthcoming, which uh, would be a relief because he really shouldn't be spending all his time uh, operating a coffee shop for no reason. And so, you know, they're asking Lewis about how the show is going, how's it shaping up, how's things looking. And he tells Jeff that this is the most important role he's ever had in his 50 year career. But, you know, he doesn't really want to focus on it as much. You know, I've been in character all day and for so long, for weeks now. Let's talk about the trip to Pebble Beach. You know, we got that great golf trip coming up. And Jeff is like, yeah, about that. Um, I can't go on the trip. Um, Susie, no, no, hold on. Yes. can we talk yeah. about the timing of this trip? Because this is very confusing. So it was supposed to be the same weekend as Susie's trip. OK, but here we are at minimum one day after Susie's trip. And we know that because Jeff took Susie to, to the um, airport. Well, and then we saw the next trip, scene after she was scheduled to leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at least one day after it was supposed to start. So. Because then we saw Mocha Joe and Mocha Jane the next night. Now this is the next day. So the trip started yesterday. So uh, Susie's trip. So the golf trip should be, if not starting yesterday or today, it should be starting extremely imminently. But now they're talking about it as if it's a few days away, a week away. Like how long is how like the timing just confuses me here? Yeah, I think it could work. Like, let's say she was leaving on Tuesday or Wednesday and going until Monday or she's going for a week or for five days and they were going to go on the weekend. All right. okay, I guess so. As I didn't realize Susie was going to go for that long. I mean, I have no idea. So you could, yeah. You know. Okay, fine. That's possible. The, they were going golfing for the weekend. You know, that's when you go golfing. Um, and you know, she left before the weekend. Maybe she left on Wednesday night to go for the weekend. That she's, you know, so they could, you know, go away on Saturday, Sunday. Okay, I'll allow it. Um, yeah. Also, like you're like he's this is like a grown man with no children at home. He should be able to go even if his wife is home. Yeah, 
I mean, what, what, it's not like Jeff is checking in with Susie every day anyways, but who knows? <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So he explains to them that he can't come because you didn't go. And they're like, what the hell? What, what happened? And she's like, well, I was, I was too happy at the drop off and she got suspicious. And Larry calls him out. You know, that's a rookie mistake. You know, you got to wait till the car ride home to celebrate. She's like, you have to understand. It's Susie. I couldn't contain it. I was going to be rid of Susie for a week. Yeah, that's very fair. And they're all like, yeah, okay, fine. We get it. Um, and, but, you know, they quickly all move on and agree that gonna, the three of them will go without Jeff. Um, so the waitress uh, comes back with their food and they see that she's sweating profusely. Um, they're all like, you know, very disgusted by this. She uh, she serves Larry her, her soup and we, we get this like slow-mo like zoom-in shot of like this like bead of sweat dropping from her forehead so into gross. the soup. Yeah, yeah. super gross. Uh, but they're like, yeah, we're going to not eat. Um, Takahashi comes over and he you know, starts yelling at Larry, which is his favorite thing to do. Tells him to zip his jacket all the way to the top and tells him that if he sees him without the zipper up again, he'll be suspended from golf for two weeks. Yeah. Now, why have they addressed why it's so hot in this eating no. area? No. And have they explained why they're afraid to tell Takahashi their issue? Like someone yeah. sweating into your soup is like insanely disgusting. Yeah. I mean, we just were saying how it's Hanukkah season. So I guess the heat has to be on and like maybe the heat's broken on too high a level. So I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm very confused here. Yeah, it's weird that they can't just say that the reason why we're not eating is because you have a disgusting waitress. Yeah. Av, would you eat anyone's sweat? Is there anyone in the world? Your par- your Your parents, your wife, your children? So there's two different ways to ask the question. Would I eat their sweat and would I not eat like the food that was available to me if like one drop of sweat had fallen in? And so which yeah. I think I would probably still eat it if it looked good. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if, if I if I watch it drop it in slow motion the way it does here, it would be hard to consume. Like mo- a lot of the food that you eat probably has sweat in it. Yeah, but I, you don't really want to think of it that way. But yes, right. you're right. Right. Um, yeah, like, you know, people are making it in a hot kitchen. There's sweat in your food. Yeah. Right. If you're like, you're lucky if there's only sweat in your food. <laughs> like, sign for sweat. Just take the sweat. Have yeah. the sweat soup. All right. Got it. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, fine. Uh, and he's, he's like, why aren't you not telling anything? Like, is it because of Diane and her diarrhea? And he's like, how do you know about the diarrhea? And he's like, everyone knows about diarrhea. But yet it can't and, be. But yet it's not an ex- acceptable reason to not want to eat, which is just, again, so odd. Yeah, um, and then he sees Diane go over to the table next door and serving their food, and he sees how sweaty she is, and he understands immediately, and he goes over and fires her. Yeah. But, but like, what doesn't make sense, it's like, he shouldn't be able to be mad at both Larry and Diane. Yeah, he should come and apologize to them now. Right, oh, I see what the issue was, I'm so sorry, Yeah. like, free lunch. Yeah, she's super gross. (laughs) Right, like, like they're, they're, they can't, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Larry's driving home. He uh, he pulls over by a bus stop and he notices that Diane is there and he wonders where she's going. And he all uh, of a sudden, bad. by the way, not a drop of sweat on her. Well, yeah, now she's back outside. She's not in that yeah, <laughs> sweltery uh, heat uh, of, the, of the country club. Yeah. Uh, so he offers to give her a ride home. And, you know, he's apologetic for getting her fired. And she's like, you know, you could have just eaten the soup. Wouldn't it have killed you? I don't know. It might have. 
Um, and Larry's like, I can't even stand my own sweater, let alone yours. Like, even if it was like that was like my girlfriend or my ex-wife, like I wouldn't need it. Yeah. And she's like, well, maybe that's why you're single, not yeah. eating enough sweat. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot to mention when she serves him the soup, she says soup for you. Oh, did she? Oh, OK. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and he's like, I can't believe that you think that like. Oh, there's like all these people out there eating sweat soup and like you you know between the sweat and diarrhea incidents maybe you're not cut out for waitressing more than i'm not cut out for a relationship because like nobody's down with diarrhea yeah and uh you know she um you know doesn't quite agree and uh eventually for some reason he offers her a job at the coffee shop i guess he still just feels really bad about the whole thing even though it's, it seems like her fault mostly um and she uh she thanks him and he's like she asks him if she likes licorice and, you know, because I know some great licorice around here and uh, she's excited. She wants to go try it with him. Yeah. All right. So we are back at the BMW dealership. Larry walks in with the hand and goes straight to the licorice table. I know you know pretense even this time. It's nothing wrong with the car. Yeah. Now, um, apparently, as we will see shortly, they parked the car in the middle of the showroom. Uh, right, it kind yeah. of is there at the end. Yeah, I mean, this makes absolutely no sense. When you bring <laughs> an old car for service to a dealership, you park it inside the store on the showroom floor. <laughs> Next to the new car. Well, otherwise, how will they fix it? Car. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so then uh, the man, I don't what, what's this manager's deal? Like, what, what do you give a shit that you, you find? So you saw, you figured out this mystery that this guy is coming here to steal your licorice. Like, yeah. so once a week he comes and he has three pieces of licorice. A guy who bought a BMW from you in the past yeah. year. Yeah. Like, get that bug out of your ass. Like, who cares? Yeah. A rich celebrity, no less. Um, yeah. Um, and he says, you know, I'm actually here to look for a new car. Um, and uh, I brought my friend Diane along because she's an expert at cars. She's like, yeah, I know all the brands, <laughs> um, which is an interesting thing to say, specifically because cars are just about the only thing that like there's no store that like has like different brands of cars. different brands. Yeah, like every brand of car has its own store that you have to go to, which is very stupid. Well, I mean, there's brands that are sort of like partners. Or if you go to a used car store, that yes. But if you're going to the dealership of, yes, yeah, I guess you could there. go to used cars. Yeah. 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 There was once an episode of Planet Money about this. It's because of like some law that was passed in like the 1920s. And like, we, you know, we still do things that way because of, you know, too hard to change the laws. Oh, there's a reason that, that um, dealerships are, are. Yeah. It's because of like no, the like, way the auto off. industry works, like literally 100 years ago. Right. There's no there's no car store. It would be like you could like it's idiotic. Like yeah. everything else in the world that you buy, you go and they should have a place where you be like, here's the Nissan Rogue and here's the Honda Odyssey. And like you could like choose which one you want. Instead, you have to go to seven different stores to yeah. pick a car. It's very stupid. Um, yeah, it's because of like the way that the industry worked a long time ago. They had to guarantee purchases. And because of that, they needed exclusivity. And it was, it was like a whole thing. And so we still have the, the world that way. Mm. hundred years later. So you're saying there's 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 one dumb law in this country. Just the one. There's one dumb law. Yeah. That and also everyone's allowed to have guns. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So <laughs> the manager is watching them as they, you know, walk around commenting unintelligently about all the different cars. And uh, Diane's like, all right, I think it's time for more licorice. Can we go get some more? He's like, yeah, sure. That's why we're here. So the manager comes back over. He tells Larry that he doesn't, he's not buying this tall uh, buying a car business. He thinks he's full of shit. And I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm really getting the car. 
Uh, you better believe I'm getting a car, Diane. Which car am I, am I getting? And she points to a car, which turns out to be the I-8, which uh, sounds like it's one of the most expensive cars that they got. Mm, yeah. And the manager tells him that he can drive it off the lot today. And Larry says, bring me the paperwork and give me a fully loaded version. I will just add extra money to it for no reason. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, cut to the manager handing the keys to Larry and telling him that he's made an excellent choice. You're going to love this car. And he even throws in an entire container of licorice because I think he understands that's what Larry really wanted here. Yeah, but so that means he had bought it ahead of time or he just took it out of the back? Yeah, I'm clear. I guess they have it in the back for yeah. situations like okay, this. Okay, maybe. Um, Diane tells him, you know, it's a great car. It's very popular among the douchebags at the club. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Um, yeah, Larry's like, yeah, well, my particular problem happens to be that now I have two cars. I don't know what to do. And she's like, problem? That's a problem? Like, I don't even know what bus I'm taking to my new job. Like, you have two cars. And he's like, you know what? You're right. Here's the have have my old car. It's yours. And she's like, are you serious? I can't believe it. Thank you so much. And she's like, he's like, yeah, I'll see you at work tomorrow. And, uh, you know, he gives her directions and he gets into her car, his car. She gets into hers. He's having a lot of trouble with this uh, very fancy sports car with, you know, the fancy door that uh, comes down from the top. He apparently did not even take a test drive. He doesn't know how to get (laughs) in the car. Yeah. You want to be able to get in the car that you just bought for what's probably I'm guessing he spent like $100,000 on this car. I looked it up. It was something like 150. I forget exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, that's a lot of money to like to make a stranger think like, he has not. an entire spite store right now. It's fine. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, he does everything for spite at this point. Yeah, his whole life is for spite. It's a spite life. Um. All right. So, yeah, we're going to follow them along on the road. Um. They stop at a traffic light. Um. Let's see what happens. What Come on. Larry? Are you kidding? You came out of nowhere. I came out. You were on your cell phone. Larry, you just went right through. I know exactly what happened. I saw it. I looked at you. You were texting. Somebody beeped you. You had big panic. You threw the floor away. Look, there's your phone right in the front seat. You threw it down. And you're, you were playing Candy Crush. I've done it myself. I just had beat panic the other day. Uh, fine. They scared me behind me. Of and course. I, and I, I know. Went. I know okay. how it works. So, okay. okay. So we've both done it. I see it. I get it. All right. Okay. I guess that, um, I mean, we should exchange information. What are you talking about? Well. It's all my information. Anyway, look at this. Nothing's wrong with this car. There's a little dent in the bumper, but this is bad. Oh, my God. Okay. You know what? I'm going to call the uh, tow company. I'll get the new one towed, and, and then I'll... I'll, you know, I'll take you home. Your car is the one that's being towed. How are you going to drive me home? I'll drive you home in, in my car. This is my car. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah. This I is my, you just gave your me car. this car. Yes, I gave it to you with very good intentions until you wrecked my car. I you gave me the are car, so it's my car. Are you serious? What? Don't you just give away cars and take them back? Oprah doesn't just give out cars and then take them back. Does that seem fair to you that I gave you a car, you hit my new car, and now I don't have a car? That seems fair? I, I don't know what is fair. What's no. fair is for things to go back to the way the way they well, were 15 minutes ago. Well, I didn't have when a car I, 15 when I had a car. ago, and now I do. Well, I would love to give you a ride home. I would love to give you a ride home. Well, how are you going to do that without a car, Larry? (laughs) The gall of this woman. Yeah. But, I mean, this is very similar to last episode. Larry fighting with the woman over whether he gave them something or not. 
But as you said, yeah, the balls on Diane to demand a keeper car. Complete insanity. <laughs> By the way, couldn't you go to jail for driving without insurance here? She has no information, apparently. <laughs> She's got nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the, she. He didn't transfer title to her. Well, this is what like, I was it's his car. Last week, who has title to the, to the house? Yeah, I mean, here's not even a question. Car. Like, this is a car that he's owned for a period of time, and like, all she did, all he did was give her the keys. So you don't think there was some kind of formal exchange in the uh, in the, in in the, the deal, at the at the dealership? Yeah, <laughs> we I think we saw it. Like, he offered it to her, and then we saw them walk to the car. It was like real time. Mm, okay. I think we saw the whole transaction. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, I love what he what he was like. It's all my information. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Actually, we're gonna we're just gonna continue straight along right into the next scene because the next scene is also pretty great. Take me home. Okay. Thank you. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. Now I gotta get a new car. I'm gonna get rid of that new one. I'm gonna buy the same car I had before. Why don't you just grab your old car? I gave it away. Did you tell a motherfucker that story? We should say. Lo and behold, <laughs> when the motherfucker said lo and behold, it makes me fucking react. Oh, Whoa. that is such a good observation. Lo and behold. Yeah, lo and behold, I got to buy my, my old car new. So this is like the stuff where it's like, uh, like obviously this wasn't on the card, like this lo, lo, lo and behold, Narish Kite. But like, where does this even come from? Like, this has nothing to do with anything. He's so he, like, he's such a genius. Yeah. Leon, well, you mean? J.B. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this has nothing to do with anything. He's just like goes off on this whole pontification about nonsense, and it's so good. Yeah. Story don't sound. Should have started so the podcast with lo and behold. Hey, how many pieces of licorice <laughs> have you had? Maybe about eight. I haven't seen you take one piece of red licorice yet. Only black for you? Fuck yeah. Everything's black, isn't it? Right. Something wrong with a person supporting black and shit? Black licorice, black jelly beans, fucking blackouts. Burnt toast? I'm gonna fuck. I eat burnt toast. You must love pumpernickel. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I'll take that piece of burnt ass toast, put it between two pieces of fucking pumpernickel, have a burnt toast pumpernickel sandwich. You feel me? Well, I feel you. Hey, when are you going on that golf trip? You know, I've been thinking about it. Jeff's not going. I'm not gonna go. Oh. It's ridiculous. That big motherfucker's the glue. Yeah, it is the glue. Mmm. It is. Why am I saying this? really bothering me. Oh, hey. That's Mocha Joe. Right. So Mocha Joe is here, mm. and uh, he's uh, Larry. Basically, is going to tell yeah, can we, can we, Hold on, can we talk about yeah. this burnt toast pumpernickel oh. sandwich? Yes, plus everything about it sounds terrible. But yes, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> that's quite a sandwich. I mean, I don't like the, the club yeah, sandwich. What, in general, what's worse, like burnt three, toast or three pieces of bread is too much bread to begin with. Yeah. What's more disgusting, burnt toast or just plain regular pumpernickel bread? I think pumpernickel bread is worse than burnt oh, toast. Oh, I, I, I like both of them, so I'm the wrong one to ask. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like pumpernickel. Oh, so, you would, so, so you would love a burnt toast at pumpernickel Well, sandwich. no, I, I only like pumpernickel with deli on it with mustard. Like, I, you're not going to okay. use pumpernickel for like a peanut butter and jelly, right? Now you wouldn't use it for anything, in my opinion. But and, yeah. then, and then toast, if burnt toast, I don't mind it. I'll take, like, the back of the knife and sort of scratch off some of the burntness. But I, I don't mind it. Yeah, but it's also a matter of, like, how burnt are we talking? I don't yes, mind obviously. toast that's if still totally a little burnt. Burnt, yes. If it's a hard piece of black, then obviously, yes. Oh, so you don't like black? Yeah, I, yeah. But Leon says, yeah, no, much black. no black is too much black. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about black. Leon Black? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so Mocha Joe comes in and, he, uh, you know, he wants to talk about the rivalry. And he's like, does Leon really have to be here? He's like, 
Leon stays. He's the beanmeister. He's essential to this operation. And uh, Mocha Joe and, uh, you know, they start talking to Larry, and Larry's stomach starts uh, growling um, from the licorice, and he runs off to the bathroom. And Leon stays behind to, to keep an eye on Mocha Joe, make sure he doesn't get up to any funny business. And uh, unfortunately, his uh, stomach starts to growl as well, and he has no choice but to run off. And now we learn, which which we did not necessarily know before, that Mocha Joe's grand scheme was to come into Larry's house, somehow find an opportunity to find Larry David screeners and to steal them. Which he's, which he's certain that he has. Yes. Just because, oh, Ted Danson has, so Larry David must also yeah. have. And then, yeah, he's going to steal the screeners. That You know, this is almost like Kramer taking all the desk kits out of all the clothes. <laughs> right. That is all right. That, yeah. In 20 years. Yeah, you got yeah, you got the long scheme here. But I mean, apparently it works quite quickly. So good job by Mocha Joe, apparently. Right. But does it, though? Not really. He just like costs Larry money. Like he doesn't have any, it doesn't affect well, that, that's the rivalry true. at all. And money, Larry clearly doesn't care about uh, See Spite Store. So, yeah, that's a valid right. point. Yeah. If this had like taken him off the grid for a week as he had to deal with his you know legal troubles or, you know, longer, that would be one thing. But he's like back on the streets by that night, it seems. Yeah. I did like the fact that uh, the two DVDs that we see Mocha Joe grab were my number one and number two movies of 2018, Roma and The Quiet Place, although in the reverse order. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. Good uh, good choice by Mocha Joe, I would say. Um, but yeah, so Larry comes out of the bathroom and sees that Mocha Joe has right, By the way, uh, there is up to a 10-year um, yeah. sentence for film piracy. Yeah, but like not for... For piracy, like I, I think that means if like you're the one who's like doing it, not that like you got a screener and you shared it with a friend. Well, obviously here it's insane because there's no evidence that Larry did anything bad. Like somebody stole it from him, so yes, of course, any consequence is insane here. But even if he had like said like but was passing it around to his friends, like you're not going to jail for that. It's like you're going well, to jail uh, well, if you're like disseminating Mocha, it and making money. Well, and... my my assumption is Mocha Joe made copies of these all over town and was handing them out on the subway. Right. Yeah. I guess. So I guess that makes it look like he had a whole operation. Yeah. I mean, Jerry had an operation once, right? Yeah, with cry, yeah, cry again. Uh, yeah, he's uh, Larry David is obsessed with uh, illegal videos. Yeah, the idea of like of handing out film, like you know, bur- uh, pirated actual DVDs or whatever, in twenty twenty doesn't uh, hold as much water because you can just go online and find it pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, and also there's just like so much shit to watch. Like, yeah, like who cares? Like, whatever, yeah. you'll get to it eventually if it's that good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we are back at the golf course at the golf club. Um, Larry is uh filling in Freddie and Richard Lewis about the whole spiel with Mocha Joe. Freddie thinks this is just part of the negotiation, but Larry's not buying it. He, you know, Joe didn't come to negotiate, he's got something up his sleeve. Uh, yeah. Larry is right. Freddie's an amateur. Yeah, Larry needs some cameras in his house. And uh, Larry informs them that he's thought about it and he won't be coming on the golf trip. He really doesn't want to go with Jeff without Jeff. Jeff is the glue. And uh, Freddie Freddie agrees and uh, Lewis agrees as well. He's like, you know, I'm really better off just being home and practicing my lines, uh, honestly. And, you know, and they all agree. Like, Jeff is really the glue here. Um, I guess I don't know why Jeff is the glue. Like as between no Larry Jeff, clearly Larry is the Richard, glue actually, but yeah, Larry's the glue. Yeah, I mean we don't know what Freddie is to any of these people, so I guess that. But I mean, but Funkhauser, uh, you know, Marty Funkhauser was Larry's best, <laughs> what his best friend was Larry David, so Larry was clearly the glue there, right? Yeah, yeah, Larry's yeah. obviously the glue. I, I, 
Larry's the glue. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Larry's like, all right, fine. I but like, like you. Yeah. I mean, Larry obviously is the centerpiece of the show, but I feel like every person in their own world is the glue. Because like in your world, the people you hang out with, they're, they're, the, the common theme is they're always hanging out with you. Right. So if right. there was a show about Jeff, we would see Jeff with the circle and Jeff with other circles and maybe Jeff's the glue there. But here, yeah, I mean, right. we've seen five oh, no, I mean, Now it's possible. Maybe Marty. There are like social friends. gatherings that I'm in where I understand that I'm not like I'm not the connected tissue. Yeah. Yeah. But but if the show's about you, you probably are. <laughs> I guess um, I'm not aware of any shows about me. I guess that's the reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Larry asked Jeff if he could uh, – sorry, asked Richard if he could uh, give them a little preview of the show. And he breaks into character, and Larry immediately starts bursting out laughing. Uh, Lewis is insulted, saying, you know, this shouldn't be funny. It should be touching. And Freddie's like, it is. It is. It's very moving. I'm very moved. Uh, so, yeah, so Larry goes outside, and they're very surprised to see his new uh, his new car. Uh, specifically the fact that it's white. And Larry tells Jeff that it's just a loner. And I don't know why he's lying and saying it's a loner, but fine. None of this. Um, why are white cars so bad? Why should Larry yeah, be I don't, Yeah, I don't get it. any. I don't get it. No explanation. I don't get any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we know black cars, um, Leon would say, are obviously the best. But does that mean that white cars that, right. are thereby the worst? White cars are the worst. There must have been yeah, a deleted so here. Probably or something. this car. It just it doesn't um, make sense. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't connect to anything else, right? There should have been something else. Where would like, so, yeah, I don't know where a white car would have even up that we could. We I could mean, suggest. maybe right, maybe fine. Larry is telling Leon's black thing, uh, you know, to them, to his friends at the golf club, and they all agree. Well, when it comes to cars, white's clearly the worst. And Larry says, "Yes, of course, white's horrible." Fast forward to him being forced to drive this white car. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's I have no idea. I'm just making yeah. yeah, possible theory. Yeah, Jeff doesn't believe him. He thinks Larry likes white cars, which, okay. Um, yeah, Larry tells Susie that she ruined their uh, Pebble Beach golf trip and uh, hands her the licorice from Bavaria. As I don't know why. He's, he's like, you ruined our trip. Here is licorice. Um, but fair enough. Uh, he thanks him. Um, but as he walks away, Susie tells Jeff that she hates licorice. Uh, so I wonder what she'll do with it. Yeah. Certainly not going to eat it herself. Well, lucky for her. Um, so, yeah, we uh, go back over to Latte Larry's where Larry is serving coffee to some uh, folks. And the uh, one of his workers tells him that she needs help charging to self-heating coffee cups. So Larry calls Diane and tells her, you know, like, where are you? Like, you're supposed to be here. We need your help. And she's like, oh, right. I meant to call you. Yeah, I'm not going to be working for you. Um, I was thinking that I'm actually going to go um, travel a little bit, maybe Europe, maybe Thailand. I just kind of want to see the world uh, a little bit before I find the job. He's like, but you did find a job. You have a job. You work at, you work at Latte Larry's. Come here. And he's like, no, yeah, I'm going to do what I, what I said. And he's like, well, I, I don't understand. How do you even have money? Like, how can you go travel? He's like, well, I sold the car on eBay, which apparently is a thing. Yeah. Um, former guest uh, on the podcast, Ari Fader. Uh, bought a car on eBay when he was mm-hmm. in law school. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, so it can be done. He didn't buy this car from Diane. I don't think so. Yeah, he was in law school before that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so Lowry's obviously furious that she sold his car, and meanwhile the assistant is calling to him that they're at a napkin, so he goes to help her, 
and there's a man online who is uh he's next online he's in an electric wheelchair mm, yeah and he's looking Will, at his phone William, William and when wheelchair, he gets called by the by the um or or henry handicapped <laughs> william wheelchair um he gets called by the uh the barista to come up that it's his turn and he you know he doesn't hear so somebody yells at him that he's next and he's so thrown off that he uh he throws his uh he throws his cell phone in the air he s- starts uh wheeling forward and he crashes into larry um uh, which is this whole thing is weird because there isn't really even a payoff to this it's like okay so like larry's like hurt for five minutes yeah no consequence like it doesn't but there's no consequence in this in the, in the plot. Um, so fine, Larry hurts his foot. He uh, he goes to the back. He's putting some ice on it, and the FBI come in and they say, "Hi, are you Larry David? Your screeners are all over town. You're under arrest. No questions. You're just under arrest. We've done a full investigation already. This is what we've concluded." Um, so yeah, so they uh, they take him away as uh, Mocha Joe watches on with joy. And, you know, Larry all of a sudden realizes what's going on. He starts playing with the notes like he did it. He set me up because of the licorice. And, you know, and they're like, well, yeah, obviously, this all sounds like gibberish to them. Um, and uh, they take him away. He goes to jail. But not really. Because we come to the next uh, the next scene. And Larry's backstage with Richard Lewis at the show. And he's telling Richard that, you know, he didn't have to pay a hefty fine to avoid jail. But uh, thankfully, I'm out. Yeah, and uh, they talk a lot, a little bit about Richard's hair, which Larry makes fun of. But Lewis explains, you know, that's Charlie's hair from Flowers from Algernon, <laughs> <his> character. <laughs> yeah. Um, Larry you, thinks you it looks like Charlie went off track betting, right? Um, I don't think I did. I know it's oh. something that a lot of people read. I, I think I remember my sister reading it, but I don't think I ever did. Is yeah, cool. but you know what it's about. I know the gist of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I could give the one sentence. Uh, yeah. Explanation. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Larry sees uh, the licorice box on Lewis's table and starts freaking out. He's like, "How did you get that?" He's like, "Oh, Susie gave it to me." Uh, Larry and Larry looks and he sees that it's empty because Richard ate it all, and he's like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've been eating it over the last five hours." And Larry's like, "Uh oh, uh, well, break a leg. Good luck." I guess he don't say good luck. Break a leg. Yep. Um, and he uh, he runs out to uh, get away from that scene, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we cut out to the you know the middle of the play. Lewis is in the middle of delivering a line when all of a sudden his stomach starts to uh, gurgle a little bit. Still pretty early in the play. He, uh, he has he's to stop. Yeah. The crowd he's looks up. Um, right? Yeah, is it early in the play? Yeah, because he, he starts and he's mentally challenged. And then at the halfway point, he's the smartest person on earth. And then he uh, regresses again. Spoiler alert. So this is before he's gotten the uh, the surgery. This uh, is this is pre. I guess, uh, I, I guess I didn't know the full play. All right. Surgery becomes that's our show. And then that's the episode. All right, Av, uh, how do you rate this episode? So, yeah, this episode, I think, is a little bit of a downer, um, especially as compared to the last few episodes that we've had that really were kind of the high points of season 10. Um, and I think this is kind of a step in the other direction where there was just so much stuff that just like doesn't really work. I mean, like it, there's fun parts. Abby Jacobson is great. Uh, the cold open is great. Um, you know, there's some funny scenes, but just like there's too many like loose pieces here that just like don't really make any sense. The motivations are out of whack. Like, what well, Larry's just like giving away cars to somebody he just met. Like I don't know. Um, so I'm gonna say this episode is pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
two and a half out of five. Um, a below average episode that was still funny enough, but nothing to write home about. Yeah, um, this is a hard one to grade because I did laugh a lot and I thought the episode was very funny. I loved seeing lots of Larry's in action. But yeah, the beep next panic thing Curb tries to introduce here falls really flat. The screener thing is very ridiculous. Ridic- I just think like, you know, all of the plot points don't really work. I think the episode title, I would have preferred maybe you call it the licorice because that seems like it sort of has a more fundamental role, but I don't know. Um, I'm going to slot this one one spot ahead of the last season's A Disturbance in the Kitchen, which also featured restaurant shenanigans, also featured Beep Panic. That was the one with Ted's, um, uh, the subtleties of Ted's Tesla Beep. So that would make it uh, 80th out of the 110 episodes we've seen, which would make it good for Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Two and a half, uh, the same spot as you. So uh, we are in agreement there. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Come with guy. I wasn't exactly sure where to go for this one. So I'm going to go with Jeff. Jeff is the glue guy, as we say. Um, And as we wind down, I think it's fair to give him a bit of a uh, career achievement award here since he hasn't been the come with guy in a while. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, I'm going with a little bit of career achievement award as well. I don't know. You all have the stats. I don't know if I've ever given the Cublet guy to uh, Mr. Ted Danson, who I thought was just delightful this episode. The way he's kind of uh, playing both sides between Larry and Mocha Joe. It's like unclear what his motivations are even at this point. And uh, most of all, it looks like he's uh, heading back for a reconciliation with Cheryl. So he's winning where it counts. Yeah. So you gave it to him in season nine, episode two. I've oh, never given I? it okay. to him. Okay. So, yeah. So second time uh, for Ted Anson from you. And uh, I I continue to disrespect him. And um, of course, Jeff extends his uh, his overall lead, although he uh, since season six, he's still well behind Leon, Larry, Funkhauser, Cheryl, Susie, Rosie, others. But, um, you know, he has those first five seasons when he uh, banked quite a large lead. Okay. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. What about the fucking asshole? Who do you have there? Yeah, I'm going to go with the car salesman because, or the manager, whatever the hell this guy's job was. So, I, you know, one thing I know his job wasn't was to, like, keep good relationships with satisfied customers uh, because he goes a, a very far out of his way to antagonize this guy who just wants some licorice from the BMW dealership where he bought his $100,000 car. All right, I'm looking at how is this person credited? Uh, car salesman is his uh, is how he's credited in the uh, on IMDb anyway. I'm gonna zag where you're zigging, and I have a real strong statement to make here. I'm going to say that not only is Diane very clearly the fucking asshole to me, but I think Diane passes Eileen Salataroff, and on my book, anyways, is the biggest fucking asshole in the show's history. Interesting. I mean, oh, she's completely know. irredeemable. She, she sweats <laughs> into people's uh, food. She diarrheas possibly into or around people's food. Uh, she's gifted a car. She crashes that car immediately. Then she won't return the car. She doesn't show up to work. She takes the car. She was donated. Gives. I mean, the very car. Yes. She, she's like the least redeemable person in the show's history. So to me, yeah, we even, didn't really t- even, even worse than someone who says, LOL. We didn't really talk about the fact that the the the, the geography of how they both leave the the car dealership. Yeah, but they're going, they're going in opposite places, directions, so, and then yeah, they end up back at the same intersection. It's very simple. well. She might have been just lost because Larry did give her directions how to get to the freeway. She didn't know. It's not like her uh-huh. phone had the ability to provide that information. Fine, fair enough. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. So who knows? But um, yeah, so Diane <sighs> with uh, with just one episode to go. Although we have, we then have to take into account our uh, season 11 fucking assholes and see how they compare to Eileen Salatar. But uh, to, to me, Diane is really sort of a special level of horrible. 
Uh, yeah, she's pretty great. Mm. All right, we have. Uh, no I think kid. I'm just I'm too I'm too like pro Abby Jacobson to make her the fucking asshole. Like I just find her like charming even when she's being disgusting. All right. Well, well. Speaking of Abby Jacobson, would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Does she qualify? Uh, as I mean, obviously she's not playing herself, so she doesn't count for the Ted Dance or, or um, Richard Lewis clubs. But does she qualify uh, when we discuss cameos, celebrities? Uh, is she a celebrity? I'm not really sure how famous she is. Like, I mean, for you and I, she is. But you know, does the average person on the street know who she is? I don't. I would assume on one not. Show on yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I I think she's terrific, and she, I, I love yeah. her on that show. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, even like although um, only the second best on that show, in my opinion. Between well, I prefer I, a lot. I, I like her better. I mean, a lot okay. is clearly like the more like flavorful yeah. character, and a lot like, also yeah. has Susie as her mother. So right, right, right. Like so, she's like uh, you know Abby Jacobson is like more of the straight man, and maybe show. funk, and maybe funky as a um. As a sister, what's her relationship to her? To maybe I forget. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, because they look alike. So remember, she um, cameoed on the show. What's the actress's name again? Who plays Baby? I don't remember. Anyway, too tired to look it up. Yeah, is it uh, yeah, Postman? Whatever. Time? Who cares? Yeah, let's do it. Postman, Postman, come here. here Tell the neighborhood right, what a shanda, Larry, uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Okay. Uh, you are lousy oh, Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Ashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! All right, first up this week, we have a returning postman, and that is Mr. Jared Jerome. Ah, long time no Some time. He says, hey, guys, I had to come back because I couldn't have you messing up and, again, not knowing which sporting event Larry's watching on the show, which we didn't even cover. I was waiting to see... If you were going to even mention it when he's watching that, uh, I think it's like an Ohio State game earlier. Um, but he says, uh, we'll get to that. First, I want to say I have really enjoyed season 10 this time around, especially the last few episodes. They have been a great mix of nutty and zany, but based in reality, just enough to work. All the Latte Larry stuff was great. The cold open commercial. You could basically see that a store like this is Larry's real life dream come true. All his idiosyncrasies made a reality. I usually can't stand him, but Ted Danson showed this episode why he's much, much better than George Costanza. His acting as he is slowly being converted to a Latte Larry booster was great. The climax was a bit of a stretch with the FBI screeners arrest as if Larry is Pablo Escobar. But hey, Larry needs to lose, so we understand. Too bad I'll never get my Purelled hands on a rock-hard scone. Okay. The Ohio State-Penn State game. This one was actually trickier than expected. My first attempt was to look at their matchup in Columbus for the year before the episode aired, and sure enough, they played on February 7th, 2019, with Ohio State winning 74-70, to and more importantly for our purposes, leading 34-31.5. to Well, what we can see on the show is that Ohio State leading 31-28 to with 244 left in the first half. And then after discussion between Larry and Leon about adding Lo and Behold to his story, the score still being 31-28 with 2.27 left. This seems like the perfect match. But if you go to the play-by-play, you'll find the score was never actually 31-28 in the 2019 game. So now the work begins. I had to go all the way back to January 29, 2014 to find the game where 24th-ranked Ohio State, which can also barely be seen on screen, led unranked Penn State by that score in that time period. Penn State would go on to upset the cratering Buckeyes 71-70 in OT, handing them their fifth loss in six games after a 16-0 start. 
Chester's Minnesota squad and Zach Brooks's Spartans both beat them in this tailspin. And now Tony Scott's Nittany Lions put them out of their misery. <laughs> Prompts to Leon's hilarious line about wanting a burnt toast and pumpernickel sandwich, which gave me all the motivation I needed to embark on this mission. You feel me? Asshole of the week. Okay, it's time to talk about the elephant in the room with this episode. The ultimate asshole of the week. I mean, you have your anti-porticos, then you have your Stalins, you have your LOL smatting Eileen Salatarov, and even your basic Hitlers before you get to your neighbor deeds of the world. But none of them could even hold a candle, be in the same universe, as this diarrhea-spouting, sweat-pouring, <laughs> reckless driving, grand theft autoing, lazy-ass-quitting Diane. Here, I mean, here. Wow. She gets fired not because of Larry. In fact, he and the guys go out of the way to not rat out her, on her to the frightening Takahashi with their lies basically on the line. She gets fired for being the most repulsive human being ever. Larry picks her up, gets her free incredible licorice, and while not as importantly but still notably a free BMW, he Oprah's her ass. Mere minutes later, she executes a Texan run, smashing his brand new $150,000 i8, denies it, and then eventually sells the very car he gave her. This is maddening. If there's any justice in the world, if there truly is a god, this woman will drown in her own diarrhea from a very <laughs> licorice overdose. Yep. Everything Jared said is correct. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not going to change it, but, you know, he makes a good case, and so did you. Yeah, car salesman's bad also. Come with guy. Let's give a come with guy to that sweet waitress, Diane, who, despite being sick and working under tough conditions, still tried <laughs> oh, wow. to serve the boys their meals. I see what's happening here. And also even offered Larry a ride after that unfortunate collision that before becoming her own woman and taking some time off to see the world. Okay. For his Seinfeld connection, he says the man who played the doctor opposite Richard Lewis's hilarious portrayal of Charlie was Dwayne from 5-3 The Glasses. The guy who sold George Leahy's glasses and who has been all hopped up on cinnamon swirls before Kramer saved his life by going to Joe's Fruit. And shoving cantaloupe down his throat. See? Bad. It all comes full circle. <laughs> he says, overall, very good episode. If not as good as the last few, I stopped my weekly rankings a while back. So I don't have as good a feel for this. But let's say Beat Panic was pretty, 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 pretty good. That's three and a half pretties and one and a half no pretties. It's nice to be back. You asked for us, and now you're getting what you asked for. An extra hour of reading. Congrats on a job done. All right. Very good. Glad to have Jared back with one week to go. William and Blake. More impressed says, we hey, could Alex. not be. More impressed we could not be. <laughs> William Blake says, Hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will. And is this car even me? Come with guys. Mr. Takahashi kept the standards of his club high and had the sense to fire Diane. Fucking asshole is Diane. She's a little hot mess and forever unclean. Ooh. Three and a half out of five pretties. So solid besides the score in the first part of the episode. The looker subplot was overplayed. Jim Crumbly says, hi. Beat Panic felt like it was spinning its wheels. There were some amusing parts, but not enough for an episode. You probably beat this to death, but what is going on with the diarrhea of the episode? We actually haven't really gotten to it at all. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah we the, need the licorice... to talk about diarrhea more. Yeah. The licorice Jim. causes diarrhea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also surprising that the diarrhea didn't tie in to the um, no defecating. All right, I'm reading an article here um, from the NIH. Low-dose licorice ingestion resulting in severe abdominal pain. It can be accompanied by various adverse effects and can even be life-threatening. Frequent causes are intestinal and urinary loss, i.e. diarrhea or use of diuretics. Glycerin-containing substances such as licorice are a well-known but rare cause of hypo hypokalemia yeah um a the 51 year old 
man in um, at, in McGill University. It says a 50 man, a 51 year old presented in the hospital complaining of abdominal pain, vomiting and diarrhea. Oh, wow. Initial investigation was found he had very high blood sugar from eating too much uh, licorice. <laughs> Is black licorice a laxative? Black licorice candy that contains actual licorice may have mild laxative effect, but large quantities can cause serious side effects. Black, but this is, of course, black, like real licorice, not the flavored fruit stuff that they were eating. Although right. Leon, of course, was eating it. So, right. yeah. Okay. So, oh, does red licorice cause diarrhea? Some common licorice side effects include headaches, high blood pressure, hypertension, upset stomach, diarrhea, lethargy, facial puffy, puffiness, ankle swelling. All right, I'm never eating diarrhea again. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're never eating diarrhea again? <laughs> Freudian slip, but yeah. Eating too much black licorice is harmful, FDA warns. Now, is it possible that this is just racism? That's what Leon would, would suggest. What about German licorice specifically? Yeah, Bavarian. Bavarian does licorice. Bavarian licorice caused diarrhea. Um, uh, okay, I'm getting all this out. Oh, must include Bavarian. Okay. Uh, Kirby enthusiasm. Kirby <laughs> enthusiasm. Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah, it's all Kirby enthusiasm. So, yeah, the the uh, the Bavarian thing seems to be a Kirby special. Is there even really a related, Bavarian licorice? Related searches to Bavarian licorice diarrhea are Kirby enthusiasm sweat soup episode. Uh huh. Flowers for Algernon Kirby enthusiasm episode. Latte Larry Spite Store. In Subabar Lacrits licorice. So that one seems to be uh, a bit, a bit more. Let me just click that, see what I get. Um, I tried looking up the brand that it's German fake. licorice. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could buy it. Mm. But alas, I could not. Um, yeah. So Jim says. Uh, here is somebody on Reddit. Larry made a very explicit warning with the licorice, and I was cocky on paying the price. I ordered a bag of Australian licorice from Amazon. Which looked just like the licorice from last season of Curb. Yep. Except Australian, not Bavarian. Before indulging last night, I remember explicitly thinking about the episode of Curb, and I warned myself, but I ended up eating half the bag between two sittings. Not just a small treat, not too much. I thought, now I have a tricky stomach. I'm no stranger to stomach aches with, with coupled with constipation and or diarrhea. I feel, okay, so what is this person doing? They know they have diarrhea issues and they had a shitload of diarrhea. But this is something else. It didn't set in as quickly as the episode, so I thought I was okay. Boy, was I wrong. I woke up half an hour ago with extreme pressure and pain in my stomach. I'm not sitting in my toilet an hour and a half before I'm supposed to be up for work. My stomach pains like I haven't had it in years. I'm Why is he like to- live blogging the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, no, they're tweeting this from their, uh, from the, yeah. <laughs> Here's the comment. I know I'm asking for trouble, but can you please share the link or brand you bought? Even with the <laughs> diarrhea, was it worth it? Like, how delicious is it? What if I eat it for just what I eat? Here it is, and I have a link. This uh, is like S&M. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, because of the pain, I wouldn't say it's worth it, but it is pretty good. If you eat one or two a day, they're many compared to the ones on Curb. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, Australian licorice. It's on Amazon Prime. I can order it now. We can get it uh, tomorrow. Should I do so? Yeah, it's delicious. Uh, it's kosher. Got a big OU. Oh, this looks exactly like the ones we were talking about. The same cut and shape. So these are the mini ones. Is this uh, Daryl Le- Daryl Leah? Yeah, Daryl Lee. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, I've seen these in the stores. Yeah, it's good. But I've never noticed Australia. I've never noticed that big word Australian before. Yeah, no, it's Australian. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So this guy found the same as us. Yeah, yeah. This is the same stuff. Yeah, but I've I've never seen it long the way they have it in the show. I always see like these like like the little yeah. nibs. Um. All right. I'll keep searching. Um, he said, you know, he goes on talking about diarrhea. Diane had diarrhea before having the licorice. Right. So it's like, it's weird because like the diet, the Diane diarrhea has nothing to do with licorice. It's like separate diarrhea. Um, uh, but then the show makes it seem as though 
the licorice gave diarrhea to Larry, Leon, and Richard. Did Diane sweat or spit all over the licorice? Oh, so he thinks maybe she trans. Yeah, it's, it seems to be unrelated diarrhea. Uh, and he goes the episode two out of five pretties. He says the come with guy is Freddie. He's always down for a trip and had some of the better lines of the episode. The fucking asshole is Diane. Oversharing, sweating in food, wrecking Larry's car, and flaking out for her shift set latte Larry's. She's a disaster. All right. Um, next we go to Zach Brooks, who says Larry and Mocha Joe messing with each other's heads is a real Jimmy McGill and Howard situation. The combination of diarrhea, sweat, and food is quite revolting. So the episode got that right. But despite the effects, I kind of want to try the licorice. Why is Larry ordering soup when it's hot as hell in that restaurant? That's the worst thing you can order in a hot restaurant. Fucking asshole is Takahashi for firing his waitress instead of giving her sick leave, especially in early 2020. The couple with guy is the Larry, the rare example of him being generous with his car and his food. Gross episode with a few funny bits and some payoff for the season. Three pretties. And finally, we go to Owen Allen, who says, Firstly, you could retroactively increase my score for Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry from three to four pretties. Oh. My bias in trying to game season 10 to a lower score than season 9 may have impacted that specific scoring. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to report that that retroactive uh, raising the score lifts season 9, sorry, season 10, episode 8, Elizabeth, Margaret, and Larry into the top 10. It is now by that, uh, because of Olin's uh, retroactive change, it is the 10th ranked episode of Kirby Enthusiasm on this podcast. Ooh, so wow. uh, big news. The most appealing thing about Latte Larry's to me was the eclectic choice of presidential portraits. William McKinley, Martin Van Buren, Andrew Johnson, and I think James Monroe. Couldn't see the fifth. <laughs> most of the stuff with Larry didn't work much. The beat panics and scenes at golf clubs were meh. The diarrhea scenes of him and Leon running to the bathroom lacked a necessary rhythm. Even Lewis was a bit subdued. Best bit was Ted and Mocha Joe, particularly the ongoing jokes with the wobbly tables. Also may have been obvious, but the alliteration rhythm of choosing the name Diana for the for diarrhea was funny. For his rating, he gives a genuine, fair, two and a half pretties. Come with guy is Ted Danson, cavorting with the enemy, but he steps up, honest about Larry, gives sound mental health advice to Mocha Joe, and even lends a screener to him. Fucking asshole is Jeff. What a self-sabotaging idiot. Never act over-happy when doing an airport drop-off. The happier you truly are, the more upset you need to appear. Feel free to let out the glee when your drop-off has gone well into the airport building. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. That um, brings us to our episode score. And we had uh, five scores from the audience that averaged out to a 2.90, which is the 89th ranked episode from the audience. We have a 2.5 from Alex. We have a 2.5 from me. And that is going to keep the uh, overall rank exactly where it is at that 89. Um, the overall score goes out a little bit to 2.63, but the rank stays the same. That is a uh, 89th ranked episode out of 110 episodes. And with only one to episode to remain, there's uh, not too many places for B-Panic to move at this point. Mm-hmm. Unless we get a lot of retroactive. It's pretty locked in. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's true. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. Yep. So as you just noted, next week, we have our 111th and final episode for the foreseeable future that this podcast will be uh, podcasting about. 
that will be the Spite Store, which we uh, we saw the Spite Store in episode nine, but uh, apparently we'll be seeing even more of it in, in episode ten. And uh, spoiler alert: we'll be getting cameos from all kinds of celebrities as Larry will start a trend with his spiteness. And I'm excited because um, you know we'll be wrapping it up, and then we'll be talking about our next steps after that. But uh, next week's episode, uh, as most of those in our 110 episode run has been, will be. Deep, 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 deep.